Welcome to week two of a series we're calling uh, The Table. We're talking about dinner parties and what it means to our city and our communities and friends and family, the people that uh, we work with and the life change we're going to bring to them. Um, If you got a Bible, uh, go with me real quick. Um, Go to Luke chapter five. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have this on the screen uh, for you today. Nick, is this who you were telling me about? She doesn't even know I'm talking to her. Just tell her I'm glad she's here. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, One day Jesus was preaching at the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd passed, um, pressed in to listen to the Word of God. Verse 2, he noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Verse 3. Stepping into the boat, Jesus asked Simon, one of the owners, to push out into the water. And he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When they were finished, he said to Simon, now go out where it's a little deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch anything. But if you say so, but if you say so, You ever have one of these moments with God? Kind of a sarcastic moment. God's asking you to do something. You go, yeah, okay, God, if you say so, I I guess we can try whatever you are alluding that we should try, God. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. And they let down their nets again, verse 6. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in other boats. And as soon as the boats were there, they were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me for I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught as they, fish they caught as they were with the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left and followed Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the word of God. We thank you for truth. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would come right now and reveal all truth and understanding to us and lead and God and direct us. Help us to see exactly what you want us to see today. We love you. We love you. And everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Give it up for the worship team. Didn't they do a great job today? So many years ago, um, yeah, I'm good. We're good. Many years ago, um, I wanted to impress my future wife. Anybody ever been in that position before? You're dating, and uh, you're like, I really want to impress uh, this person. And so, uh, Jess's dad, Mark Chenoweth, can you put your head, Mark? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Come on, Mark. Yeah, Mark. One of our amazing elders in our church. Mark is a, I mean, he's a bass pro He's a fisherman. I mean, I mean, he should be out on the lake every weekend. He's incredible, okay? Loves, loves fishing. 
Now, I grew up in the concrete jungle of the city, okay? I mean, I've never fished a day in my life, okay? I mean, I barely, you know, go outside, outside of playing basketball, okay? And so Mark goes, hey, we should go fishing sometime. And I'm the type of person that I'm, like, really game for about anything, except for if you ask me to jump out of a plane. I'm going to push you out the plane, okay? I'm not, I am not jumping out of a plane, okay? That's just not happening. But most times in life, if you're like, hey, have you ever done this? Would you ever like to try this? I'm like, yeah. I'm good. You know, a few years ago, I got asked to go on a boar hunting trip. I got lost in the woods. I thought I was going to die in the woods, uh, but I ended up not dying. I actually shot a boar. And I mean, yeah, it was, you know, pretty crazy. But so Mark goes, let's go on this fishing trip. And so I'm like, great. And I'm like, you know, Jess, my wife loves fishing. I'm like, man, this will be like, great. I'll impress her. I'll impress her father-in-law. Like, this is going to be a great trip. And so we go to, is it Angola? Yeah, we go to Angola, Indiana, and um, uh, we get there the night before because we're going to get up super early, which, you know, I'll just be honest. Come on, let's just be real. I am not a morning person, okay? I mean, like, I mean, like 7 a.m. is like the crack of dawn for me. I know some of you are like way earlier than that, but for me, I'm like, oh, Jesus, 7 a.m., you know? So, um, so Mark's like, we're going to get up really early. We're going to hit the lake, and so that night... We slept in this camper, okay? I don't know if you've ever slept in a camper, but I believe the devil himself made campers, okay? And it had no air conditioning, and I think it was probably 100 degrees out, and it was, I remember, I remember just laying on this, like, on this mat, and it was just sticky, and every time I would roll, it'd be like, you know, or, you know, and I'm just sweating all night, and I'm thinking we got to get up in a few hours, and, you know, I think I slept probably 20 minutes that night, and so finally we get up that morning. It's time to go fishing, okay, and it's Mark and a friend of his named Craig, and they're great fishermen. I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be a great day. I'm going to catch some fish. You know, I'm going to impress my wife. It's going to my future wife. It's going to be amazing, okay? Literally, people, we are out there at 5 a.m. on the water, okay, and Mark and Craig are like, I mean, they're just whacking fish out of this lake. You know what I mean? Like bass after bass after bass. And I mean, I'm just like, I mean, I'm not joking you people. I'm not exaggerating. For like six hours, I'm like, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus, help me right now. You know, you brought fish to the disciples. Bring some fish to me. I mean, brother, I mean, and I'm telling you, I, I promise you, Mark is just like, man, I don't know what's going on. I mean, every time he's throwing it out, he's just boom, boom, boom. So finally, finally, you know, it's like six hours later. It's time to come in. And at this point, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I am never going fishing again in my life, okay? And so we're like trolling on the way back in. And I'm like, you know what? forget it. I'm just going to throw it out one more time, you know? And so I just, like, I just, like, wing it out, you know? I don't, I don't even have, like, correct form or anything, you know? I'm just like, like, whatever, you know? And this, this lure flies out, and I don't know. I think it was a Jesus miracle. The smallest fish in the whole entire lake literally popped out of the water, and my hook hooked him in the side, and I brought in my very first fish of my life. So, not the best fisherman. If you want to fish, go fish with Mark. But the reality is that there's sometimes in life when we work really hard and it feels like we get nowhere. 
And this is kind of where Simon's at. Simon has worked, and he's a great fisherman. Let's just be honest about this. Like, you know, like, he's not me, okay? He's not rocking some skinnies, you know what I mean? I mean, he's just doing his thing, you know? Simon has worked really hard all night and gotten nowhere. And I know we feel this way in our lives sometimes where it's like we're in the day in and the day out and it just kind of feels like the mundane of life and it's just like I get up, I go to work, go to sleep. I get up, I go to work, I feed my kids, I go to sleep. And we're just in these routines and I think sometimes we feel this way where where are we going, God? Where's this all going? You know, I go to work. It works good. And I mean, can we just be honest? Can we just be thankful for jobs, Okay. You know, I remember when my dad lost his job and when I was in high school, it was a really scary time as a family. It was a really tough time as a family. And, and let's just be thankful sometimes to God for the opportunity to go to work and to make a paycheck. And, and it's good to go to work. I mean, God designed us to work. And so we go to work and some of us are going to school and we're like, is this ever going to end? You know, am I ever going to finish high school? Am I ever going to finish college? Am I ever going to finish school? And then some of us, you know, we're, we have families and we're like, are these diapers ever going to end? You know what I mean? And you know, and you got the bedtime routine. Can we, just, can we just pray for all the families that have to put their kids to bed at night? I mean, seriously. I mean, that's just, that's just really, really tough. And then we have, you know, friendships that we're trying to make, you know, connection with, to go on canoeing or to do whatever. And, and then we got a marriage, and we're like, you know, trying to keep the marriage spicy, you know, keep it spicy and hot, you know, and, you know. And, and then we have church, and we go to church, and listen, all these things... They're good. Like, God designed them all. And all of us want to be a part of these things. We don't want to have, I mean, I mean, all these single people are like, man, I can't wait to get married, you know? And all the married people are like, ah, oh, you can come try it out in my house, you know, for a day. <laughs> I mean, God designed these things. But I think there's times, like Simon, I think Simon is feeling like, is there more? Is there more? And I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I think there's times in life where we're just going through the routine and we're like, God, is there more? And God was looking at Simon going, man, there's so much more I have in store for your life. Verse 6 in, in chapter 5 says this, their nets were so full of fish it began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in other boats. And as soon as the boats were filled with fish, a God who multiplies and a God who blesses. A God who multiplies and a God who blesses. God never got Simon's attention through guilt and shame. Isn't that cool? Right here we see, you know how God gets Simon's attention? So many fish they don't even know what to do with. He speaks to Simon's nature. Okay, what's Simon's nature? I'm a fisherman. This is what I do with my life. I've worked hard all night. I've got nothing. I'm trying to make a living here. You know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I was cleaning my nets. And then Jesus, I don't even know this dude. He wants to get into my boat and we're going to go out and he's going to preach for, you know, come on, can we just be honest? I mean, I mean Jesus probably is preaching a little longer than 20 minutes. Okay, It's, it's Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> if Jesus was here today, you'd be like, go on, brother. Keep on preaching, you know? Me, you're like, let's go to Ponderosa. Yeah, Ponderosa. 
Yeah, listen, that came from the heart, y'all, okay? Can we just give it up for Ponderosa, man? That was my childhood jam Sunday afternoons, okay? That came from the heart. Let's just be real. Some of you are like, Ponderosa, what is that? Like, the greatest buffet ever. But the reality is this. God spoke to his natural need. God didn't guilt Simon into following him. That's what drove me crazy about growing up in church. We're gonna guilt you into following Jesus more? Yeah, good luck with that. You know, we're gonna shame you into being a better follower of Jesus? No, God goes, I'm gonna bless you. And I'm gonna show you my goodness in such a great way that you can't deny me. And you can't deny my love and my grace for you. And what he's saying to Simon is, there's more. Look at your neighbor and tell him, there's more, there's more. Okay, God's got more. Verse 10, it said, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus at once. That day, something came alive in Simon. Something came alive in these guys. Something inside of them said, oh, Jesus can use my life. Jesus wants to use me. And this is honestly probably the most exciting moment for me as a pastor. When people get this. When you get this. When you wake up to the reality that God's going, I want to use you. I got more. I want to do more. I want to use you for my kingdom. I'm no respecter of anybody in here. All I'm looking for is a heart that's willing to go, God, use me. I'm good. Just use me. Let me brag on a, on a couple people real quick. And I could brag on so many people in our church because our church is so full of loving, hardworking, servant-hearted people. But let me brag on a few people for, for a second that I just think have really, really been getting this. Like Jackie Brown, okay? None of you know this, but Jackie comes to church every Saturday and cleans the church. Every Saturday. There's a lot of times that I'm here on a Saturday and I'll see Jackie come on by, but there's a lot of times I'm here on a Saturday and I never see Jackie. Sometimes that Jackie's had a long Saturday or long week, but she'll be here at 10 o'clock at night cleaning the church, getting things ready for the next day. And you might think, well, what does that matter? Well, you know what? It matters a lot to me. Like, I'm a clean person, okay? I like neat. I like orderly. I like clean, okay? When I go into the bathroom, if it's nasty, you know what I mean? I'm like, uh-uh, never coming back here. I like clean. God likes clean, okay? And I love that something in the reality is this. I never asked Jackie to do this. That's the best part of this. I never Went to Jackie and said, hey, Jackie, um, I need the church clean. Is there any way you could do this? She came to me and she said, you know what? The Lord was speaking to me, and he wants me to do this. And you might go, that, what, what does that really matter to the kingdom of God? You know, it matters a lot to the kingdom of God. You know why? Because God keeps really, really, really good records. The Bible says that he knows when a bird falls from the air. He puts it on the ledger. So I'm pretty confident that God knows every time when Jackie Brown is in here and she's scrubbing those toilets and making sure that things are ready for Sunday morning. God knows. 
I love, is uh, Ian and Renee here? Yeah? Love Ian and Renee. I met Ian and Renee about, what do you guys say, just a year ago? Yeah, probably. Ian and Renee came to our church, and I'll never forget, they came that Sunday, and uh, probably, uh, I don't know, four or five days later, we went to Outback with Ian and Renee, and when we met Ian and Renee, they were, they were worn out. They had no relationship, really just kind of searching for what God might have next for them, hoping that God had something better for them. And you know, the best part about it is that about a year later, you know, last Sunday was just such a beautiful, beautiful moment. I saw when I came to church, Ian had his welcome team shirt on and he's out front. And you know what I love about Ian is Ian has got so much joy in his heart. And Ian is out there and he's shaking hands and he's smiling because he's got this big, beautiful smile and he's giving people hugs and he's talking to people and he's being friendly and welcoming and taking care of people. And Renee, that last weekend, she was up here. She was singing on our stage and she was using her gifts and her talents for the Lord. I love, 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 love when we come alive to what God wants to use our lives for. I love it because it matters. God's going, I have more. All these other things in life, yeah, they're important, but I want to use your life for more. I want to use those gifts, those talents for more. And when we use those gifts and talents, it really matters. And it talks about it in Matthew chapter 25. Go with me, Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at verse 14 through 30. Because Jesus talks about these gifts, these talents, these abilities that he has put inside of us, how to use them for his great kingdom. Verse 14, it says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. Look at your neighbor say, long trip, long, long trip. This is important to understand. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another one, and one bag of silver to the last one, dividing it into portions to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. Verse 16, the servant who received five bags of silver invested the money and earned five times more. The servant with the two bags of silver also invested the money and worked and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid it, his master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, after a long time, I don't know if you've picked up yet, on the story, but the story is the story of Jesus. The story is the story of our King Jesus that comes to earth, but then goes back home and says, hey, I'm going to come back someday. Just want to let you guys know. And it says this, after a long time. See, I don't know about you, but I grew up in church, and we heard that Jesus was coming like every Sunday. Okay, anybody else like that? I mean, it was like, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You know, and I'd be like, well, what time? You know, like, I'd be like, you know, like, I've been hearing this for a long time, Grandma. I'd be like, are we going to have a party? You know, is there like a day? Is there a time? You know, I sure would like to be there when he comes back, you know. And I think sometimes we grow up in church, we go, man, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And all of a sudden, it just becomes white noise in the back of our heads. It's just white noise. Like, oh, yeah, Jesus is coming back someday. Praise God. Glory, hallelujah. You know? 
Jesus, come back. It really doesn't affect how we live. It really doesn't change anything. It's just white noise in the back of our heads. Yeah, Jesus is coming back. Verse 19, after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them and gave, to call them to give an account on how they used their money. Isn't that interesting? They got, they got to give an account? <laughs> Everything in my soul lives for the day that I stand before Jesus. Because you will. Not with your wife, not with your spouse, not with your friends, not with your family. You and you alone. You'll stand before Jesus and you'll give an account for your life. Verse 20. The servant who had entrusted five bags of silver came forward and had five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. Verse 21, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling small amounts, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. Verse 22. The servant who had two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. And the master says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling small amounts, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, Harvesting crops where you did not plant, gathering crops where you did not cultivate. And I was afraid to lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Right? If you're standing before Jesus, you're like, listen, I didn't lose your money. You know? You gave me money, I'm giving it back to you, God. And this is the response. He says this, but the master replies, you wicked, lazy servant. You wicked, lazy servant. If you knew, uh, if you knew um, that I harvested crops where I did not plant, gathered crops where I did not call for the day, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest off of it. Verse 28, then, verse 28 he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use it well, what is given to them, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Verse 30. If you ever think hell's not real. If anybody ever tells you some lie, 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 lie. The hell's not real. Verse 30. Now throw this useful, uh, unuseful servant into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> what is Jesus saying to us in this? Number one, like I said before, he's coming back. He's coming back. I don't know the day. I don't know the time. I really wish I did, but I don't. But I can live with an expectation of God's return. I can live with an expectation of heaven in my heart, in my soul. I can live with an expectation that, man, I can't wait 
till Jesus comes back. See, it's not a, man, I don't want Jesus to come back. It's a, no, I cannot wait to see his face. I cannot wait to be with him. I cannot wait to be in his presence. I cannot wait to be in glory with him. I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. Number two, he called together his servants and he entrusted them with money. But really, what is it talking about? He's entrusting them with talent. He's entrusting them with talent. And when God made you, he gave you talent. He put gifts inside of you. You know, I love when Nick Roller plays guitar on our stage. That is a God-given gift. I look at Nick's fingers, and I'm like, how does he do that? Like, that's magic, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand how he's working that guitar like that. That's a gift that God put inside of him. Some of you, you are gifted. You know what my favorite, some of my favorite people in our church is, is the people who serve in kids' ministry? I love them. I love them so much. Their willingness to use their love and their grace to love children and to believe in children. That's why I love kids. God gives us talents to be used. Verse 16, the servant who received five bags of silver began... uh, Five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five times more. The servant who had two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Verse 18, the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the money. What is Jesus saying to us? He's pointing out, listen, I want a return on my investment. I want a return on the gifts and the talents that I put into your soul. So, you know, when people say, you know, I don't go to church. I hear this all the time. I don't go to church. I don't like church. You know, church is a man-made thing and church is a religious thing. And I don't need church to love Jesus. No, you don't need church to love Jesus. But you will stand before God someday and he'll go, why didn't you use your gifts and your talents and the things that I put inside of you to bless my kingdom? He wants a return on his investment. God gave you his son. (laughs) Think about this for a second. He said, I'm going to take the very best that I have, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to bless you with love and grace and righteousness. And because Jesus dies on the cross, you're going to become the righteousness of Christ. I'm going to give you my very, very best. And then all of a sudden, we look at God and go, I know you gave me my very, very best, and I know that I have salvation in you. And I know if I die today, I would go to heaven. But guess what, God? I'm too good, and I'm too busy, and I got too many other things to do with my gifts and my talents other than to serve your kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen, Jesus made a point to point out the one who dug a hole and hid the money. Right? And we go, man, that's not very nice. That's not very 2018, right? I mean, it's 2018. We don't throw people under the bus anymore. We're politically correct about everything correct. We don't do this kind of stuff to people in 2018. But Jesus made it a point. He said, listen, I'm going to point out. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if Jesus was on the earth in 2018? They'd crucify him again. They'd be like, look at this heretic, right? They'd be like, man, the church is full of love and grace, and there's no way we would ever point out anybody's failures or mistakes or, or point out that they're not serving the kingdom. And Jesus goes, pardon me? That's not what my word says. That's not what I've put together. 
You know, he said this. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. What is he saying? Thanks for living only for yourself. Thanks for living for yourself. You knew that I was expecting a return on the investment. And so instead of working hard for my kingdom and instead of putting my kingdom first and foremost, you put your kingdom first and foremost and you hid the money and you did what you wanted to do. You're like, can we just breathe for a second? Like, can we just like, you're like, it's Memorial Day weekend. Like, what is going on? Like, you know, like this is not what I was expecting in church today, you know? Point number five, the last one, worship team, you guys can come on up. Number five, to those who use well what is given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. Listen, I think sometimes when we read the word, we look at the word and we, and we, and we only see it through a, a negative light. We only see it through a negative perspective and God goes no you're 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 missing this you're missing the whole the whole story I know that and and listen I'm sorry sometimes God's got to deal with with junk you know like we're gonna get like we're gonna get to heaven you know and either you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus heaven and hell they're real Okay, they're, they're real. And sometimes God goes, okay, I got I to deal with this because I'm righteous and I'm just. And my word is righteous and my word is just. And, and it's, I know sometimes it doesn't feel good. But God goes, listen, look at the other side of the story. Look at the ones, look at these two that use their gifts and use their talents. And the reality is this, okay? Um, I don't know if any of you are on Instagram, but you may have seen or may not have seen me sing this week on Instagram or Facebook that my wife posted, okay? So the Bible says that he gave them talents based on their abilities. Meaning what? We all have different abilities. We all have different talents, okay? I am so grateful and so honored and so blessed. And my wife is so incredible at leading us into worship. And her voice is so beautiful. I am so blessed. Because if I try to get up here, a lot of you would be like, man, I'm for sure coming to church 20 minutes late every single Sunday because I am not going to be a part of that. Okay? So God goes, I, you all have different gifts and different talents and different abilities. Okay? And God goes, listen, If you use them well for my kingdom, you'll have an abundance. (laughs) You should be running right now. You should be, I mean, you should be doing laps in this place. He goes, listen, you use your gifts, you use your time, you use your finances, and you put those things first in my kingdom. I promise you, you will live in abundance. Abundance. Okay? say this all the time, and I I thoroughly, 100% believe it, I can back it up in the Word of God, it's not my opinion, it's not my feelings, it's not what I feel as a pastor, it is the truth of the Word of God. I promise you, when you are serving in the kingdom of God, 
called to do in the kingdom. You're called to do something. You might not think the welcome team is a big deal, but it's a big deal. It is a big deal when people come to our church. Okay? You might not think serving in kids matters. Well, you know what? I was one of those kids that somebody was serving back in 1981, and they had no idea the call and the grace and the anointing upon my life. You might not think it's a big deal to serve, but it is a big deal to God. It is a big deal in his kingdom. It's a big deal to us moving forward in this church. So I look at people, they serve, and then I look at people who are generous. They're generous with the kingdom of God with their finances. They're faithful to the kingdom of God. Can I just, can we just say this for a second? Some of us, we just need to learn how to be faithful to tithe. Just faithful. We're faithful. We're faithful. We're faithful. We're faithful. Because guess what happens? When you sow into the kingdom of God, he says you will reap. Okay? And sometimes I think we get frustrated because we're like, we sowed, and then we, re- we reaped, and then we're like, well, where's the more reaping? And he goes, well, we got to keep sowing. Okay? We sow, time, harvest. Sow, time, harvest. Sow, time, harvest. But you get to a point where you've sowed, and you've sowed, and you've sowed, and you've sowed, and you're faithful, and you're faithful, and you're faithful, and you're faithful, and then all of a sudden you start living in perpetual harvest 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 because you got so much seed in the ground and the god of the universe says this i will bring seed to the sower you know why i know that elevate church will always have what it needs is because we sow i just sowed two grand into a church this last week i sowed another grand into a ministry this week you know why because seed comes to the sower and i know if we sow at elevate church we will always have more than enough i know that my family will always have more than enough you know why? Because we sow, and we sow, and we sow. I'll never worry a minute about money. Why? Because I've put my trust in the Lord. I serve his kingdom. I'm generous with my money, but I'm also generous with my time. I'm generous with my love. I'm generous with people. I'm generous. This is what God's calling us to be. This is what God needs. Listen, these dinner parties, I hope you're excited. I am so excited about these dinner parties. You know why? Because we're going to show people the love of Christ. That's what the table's about. It's about using our gifts and our talents to come to the table and go, let me show you what Jesus looks like. Let me not just tell you what Jesus looks like, but let me show you what his kingdom looks like. Let me show you his grace. Let me show you his love. Listen, we're in a great season as a church. God's doing some incredible things, but we're going to need a lot of you. Some of you, we're going to need your house. You think these four dinner parties are just enough? We're going to need more houses. We're going to need more leaders. We're going to need more people to step up. We need more people to help in kids' ministry. I found out, Stephan, I was so excited. I heard that you're going to help in elementary. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That, I mean, listen, those boys, those boys need to see you because you are cool. Okay? Can we just be honest? Stefan's cool. Okay? Stefan's cool. So you know what happens to little boys that see Stefan that's cool? They go, I want to be like Stefan someday. Stefan's cool. Stefan loves Jesus. Stefan's a good dad. Stefan works hard. I want to be like Stefan someday. We need people. We need you. 
so that we can go to the next level in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand up? We're going to continue to worship today.